Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Life is Storytelling podcast, a podcast where me and a rotating group of guests, uh, we're going to be discussing our favorite stories, whether it be in games, in movies, um, or whatever else. Today, we're going to be discussing the movies Prey in the first half of the episode, and then in the back half, we're going to be discussing uh, Pan's Labyrinth. If you listened last week, um, then you know I did say we were originally going to be talking about Nope. But um, things change. Uh, my buddy Ernest, who's joining me today, um, had watched Pan's Labyrinth recently for the first time. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. And since he watched it, I watched it, and it just spurred that uh, I, we, we need to talk about it. Um, so we're going to be doing that in the back half. Um, but yeah, this is going to be our first movie episode and with that, let's go ahead and get into it. Something neither one of us are very um, involved with is obviously the level of representation in this movie. It's great, really adds something special to this that we, I didn't think we needed in this franchise. Um, like something I didn't realize that would just really heighten the experience. And uh, it, it's just great that it's there. So Ernest, I ask you. What did you think of Prey? And what are your thoughts on the Predator franchise as a whole? So for Prey, I, I loved it. it. It was great. It was such a, a fun movie, you know, like they didn't try to. There's a story there, but they don't like try to force it down your throat. Like, oh, this is why you should care about these characters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They just say, here are these characters, you know, this is just a little backstory on how they're doing at the moment. And then all of a sudden, this situation is on a pun- is like upon them and they got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all it is. Yeah. It's not like, oh, right into it. yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, as far as the Predator franchise as a whole, I I've always thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't sat down and watched like every Predator movie or anything, but um, after Prey, it did make me want to go back and watch the original. Mm-hmm. So I did go back and watch the original. Okay. And I know there's been a lot of like comparisons there and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't want to say like one's better than the other. They're both like they were released so far apart, like. Because you watch, you watch Prey, you go back and watch the Arnold movie, and it's like, you can't compare those graphics to each other, anything like that. Like you can't, I can't see a damn thing when they do the thermal vision <laughs> in the first one. I can't see anything when they do it. It's terrible. And, then the off, it's and then, But then, you know, somebody comes through with a one-liner, and it just brings it right back for me. Yeah, yeah. Son and then, I mean, but I, I feel like Prey does it justice like me not being like a huge fanboy or anything i know there's definitely people out there they're gonna criticize it like you know just pick it apart like oh like oh the way his mask fell off it shouldn't fall off like that because of the way it's weighted and is actually supposed to be like and stuff like that but like it's yeah they do a great job and they give a lot of like fan service and stuff like that like little parts and uh it's it's great i really enjoyed it let me tell you why I disagree. I'm just kidding. No, I really enjoyed it too. Um, obviously, 
if you look anywhere online regarding the movie, it's pr- it's it's already at the highest rated, um, at least on Rotten Tomatoes, it's the highest rated Predator movie. I think for good reason, huh? Exactly. Fair. Fair enough. Um, and I think a big part of that is like what you're saying. The story's there, but it's not shoved down our throat. It's all. What's the word I'm looking for? It just all happens organically. Yeah. And some of the story you just get by watching. Like you, they. I don't remember the word they used. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, like, they it's not heavy on exposition, I guess is the thing, because they, they can tell you. They can literally spend the dialogue and time to tell you things, but they don't, and I think that's awesome. Um, that's a great example of, like, the director not holding your hand through the movie. It's just, like, my audience isn't stupid. They can figure it out for themselves. Um, like, I don't remember what the word is they used for it, but uh, essentially, like, her, her hunter trial the, um, where it's like you have, I guess you have to hunt something that can hunt you, essentially. And of course, you can roll your eye at that all you want. You you know what the movie is, and you know what's coming. <laughs> and it's very, it's within like ten to fifteen minutes of the movie starting that that ship comes down. And I think that's good. This movie's only about an hour and forty minutes, and it's a smooth ride. It's yeah. it's short. It's sweet. I don't think anything lingered too long. There, there were a few minutes there where I was worried about the dog. <laughs> but other than that, um, but yeah, uh, overall, I think it was really good. I have seen every Predator movie except for Alien vs. Predator Re- Requiem. I know. Um, it's like the lowest rated one right now. Uh, I just never saw it. But uh, Predator franchise is pretty cool. Um, obviously, for those who are listening, I have my special edition of the first one in hand. Um, and yet, you're right; you can't you can't avoid comparisons because uh, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's not a it's not a bad thing to compare them. You you look where something came from; it helps you appreciate what you where you got what you have now. Um, well, one way that I would compare them is to say that Prey is a little bit more like like a free fall, man. Okay. Like you jump out that plane and you're just falling for like for like an hour and a half. You're just free falling for like an hour and a half and and then you know, you land and it was a great experience. Yep. But like there's no like there's no stopping with that movie. Nope. You know, like they they stop once or twice for a couple one-liners mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, and then, you know, Predator, it, I I keep wanting to, like, give it, like, the benefit of the doubt because it is, you know, so you so dated. Yeah. Right, right, right. And and it was just starting it off and, and things like this. The movies have come so far. But, like, you know, they, they stop a good bit to, like, character build and stuff like that. And I feel like with Prey, they let, like, the action kind of build the character. And they do such a wonderful job of it, of just, like, through the way that they react to these situations, you get to know, like, so much about them. So, like, I mean, there's probably, like, a hundred lines of dialogue in that damn movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it's not a lot, but, like... It's you go to it for the action and you get that and you go home satisfied is how I feel. Well, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I, 
like I said, the length, it's very tight. It's a very tight movie. Um, doesn't meander on many things. Um, since we both did recently, also watched the first one. It almost feels like the first like third of that movie is like a subplot because it's what gets them there. Uh, and then, of course, you're watching For the Predator. Yeah, like there's this whole other thing with like um, rebels, some other thing. Uh, and, of course, like back then, that's fine. You, you, you want to put characters somewhere. Um, I don't know if Prey would work as well if we didn't know anything about pred- the Predators in the prior. So, like, we, you kind of needed that setup back then. Um, there is an, the, un- the example of an unfair comparison uh, that I think is being a little too nitpicky that I've seen people do is um, wondering, and this isn't my thought, I, I saw this online, uh, people saying, like, the Predator took down an army of uh, pretty much a whole army of commandos, uh, except for um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Um, but then was had difficulty taking down this one girl who they say hasn't received any training. And I, I, I see where you're coming from with that. I don't agree with it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> two different lifestyles, first of all, time periods, whatnot, to even survive as a uh, Native American back then. I couldn't do it. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Um, and they also had like guns, machinery, things that can rival what the predator brings more than so like what, what we have in Prey. So, yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely stupid. Like the, uh, I, I feel like the difference there is that, God, I don't want to give too much yeah, away we're not doing spoilers. but like the way that it's only the way that she goes about it uh-huh. <laughs> that allows her to even stand a chance yeah. like if yeah it's it's like you know batman can beat whoever if he has enough preparation time like it's that's how i picture it like if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> and like and like if it wasn't for the the Batman-ness of that situation. Like, the thing about the Commandos is they're a bunch of fucking gung-ho just, like, going there. There's, liter- there's literally a scene where all of them stand next to each other, flexing their muscles, just, like, chopping down the forest yeah. with bullets. for the- And it goes on for, like, two minutes. And they don't hit shit. It's just for all of them to stand there and flex their muscles and chop down the forest with bullets. And, like... And that's, it's obviously like, that's not, we all know now, right? Like, that's not how you kill a predator. That's never going to fucking work, (laughs) right? So like, there's, there's also a lot of examples of how not to go about it in Prey, you know? So like, only going like, yeah, yeah. Only seeing the things that, that lead up to, you know, a final battle and stuff like that. Are, are the things that allow her to beat it. Mm-hmm. So for you to make that compare, like it's, it's literally like Batman. If he had five hours to prepare or, or an hour and a half, which is how long this movie is, you know? So though you're agreeing with me, it's making me mad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I be um, so I would be doing a disservice, at least to myself, if I was not to bring up some of the things that didn't work so well for me. Um, so first of all, I think it's super weird because visually this movie is pretty good. Like they're, they're that opening shot, like the, the cinematography in this movie, like you get the sweeping shots of the landscape, very pretty. Um, and I feel like 
and obviously it's a studio decision to make it launch only on Hulu, but kind of a missed opportunity not to put that in theaters. Um, Cause that would probably look really good on a big screen. And that kind of shows, at least to me, um, that they didn't have too much faith in how much it was going to generate if they put it out there. But the one thing visually that I think was a little glaring, because everything looks really pretty, it's shot really well, there's some really pretty shots. Overall, I think graphically it looks good. Um, a lot of the animal CGI somewhat did not look great to me. Uh, like, I think the bear. I think the bear is probably the one that looked the best. The bear looked the best, and I think they. I think that's exactly why that's the only one you see in the trailer. Yeah, the wolf. So the wolf, and it starts out with a real wolf um, and a real rabbit, but then it, obviously when they're running, because they're not going to have that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you you want when you see the predator, um, that's when you realize that's probably where the majority of the budget went. And <laughs> since there's so much, like you see it, you literally see it in the trailer. It's not a spoiler. Spoiler, the predator takes the bear out. Um, you need the budget to go towards the animal that interacts with the predator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's not a full thing for me. Um, it's just some of that was a little glaring. Like it didn't. It it just stuck out a good bit. Um, but what what did you think of the visuals? With the visuals. I didn't notice what you were talking about. I mean, now that you mention it, like, yeah, thinking back, like, there's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's breeding more negativity yeah. now. But yeah, I I didn't notice it too much. I guess I wasn't looking for it, mm-hmm. you know. So I was just like taking it like as they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. That's not a sexual thing, <laughs> and I just. Yeah, so I was just enjoying it the whole time. But now, yeah, like I said, now that you mention it, I guess there was some. There's one in particular, which there's there's a lion like mm-hmm. in a dark scene. Yeah. And I think it was because it was a dark scene that they didn't really take the time to make it look that's spectacular fair. or whatever. That's that's the main one that sticks out to me. I guess there's other stuff though. They but they have a real dog in it, and it's <laughs> they do. Wow, that yeah, that wonderful. puppy. That's that's. Oh, I I believe it's a girl. Okay, cool. Yeah, she's a great actress. She's great. She is a wonderful actress. Yeah. I saw a little thing where um, the main character said that uh, like yeah the dog she's a pain in the ass but she's like the most precious pain in the ass pretty much yeah but um and then to the other thing you were talking about about it going straight to streaming i think that and i mean we'll never know you know how you will we'll never know because it's out now yeah but um i think that they're getting more attention off of it because it was such like a big name movie going to straight to streaming Mm. Like same like when Scorsese dropped on Netflix, you know, it was like this huge thing. And I probably saw that movie. I'm not sure if I would have seen that movie in theaters. Are you talking about you know? the Irishman? Yes, the Irishman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that I would have seen the Irishman in theaters. Okay. Right. So like that being said, I think I would have seen Prey in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that would have been a no, thing. I would probably drag you to the theater. No, nah, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I but it, you I would have been dragged willingly. No, that's right. For sure. Right. But um I don't think they've taken you to a movie. But like, no, I don't 
you know, putting other people like in my shoes with the Irishman, mm. like I saw it because it was streaming. I think that they're going to get a lot. They're going to see a lot more numbers mm. because it went straight to streaming. I think. That's fair. Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously things are acceptable. The convenience. Yeah. It's just the convenience of it. And like now I've seen it and I've been telling people to see it, like my roommates and stuff like, have y'all watched Prey yet? Have y'all watched Prey? And every time I walk out of my room, they're just watching another episode of One Tree Hill. But, <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to y'all motherfuckers. Watch, watch Prey. Watch what I tell you to watch. Damn it. I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, yeah, that's that's what I think about that. But okay, well, fair enough. And Ernest roommates, please watch Prey. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so I will say because I didn't expect Irishman to come up in this conversation. Um, you're completely right, especially with it being Irishman being a four hour movie. Um, <laughs> uh, so to me, because I saw Irishman obviously on Netflix. Uh, I watched that twice. It's a very good movie. It was a great movie. Um, yeah. So now this is an Irishman episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I probably would have seen it like when it ended up streaming. Yeah. But it's that I saw it right away. That's fair. And I feel like that's what it is with Prey. Yeah. Like they're getting their numbers right now, baby. Yeah. Um, and I, what I forgot to say um, when I was bringing up this point was there, there. It is fair to have some skepticism about how a Predator movie is going to perform in the box office. Because like we said, this is the highest rating one. <laughs> um, other than the original Predator, I'm fairly certain they're all pretty lowly reviewed. Because uh, it's one of those situations where you try to capture lightning a bottle twice. Because, I mean, we recently watched the first one again. Obviously, it's a classic for a reason. The, right. yeah. the one-liners, I mean, Arnold's career alone is a classic of m many films. Yeah. And, and that's so, a huge part of it. So many lines. So many lines. <laughs> so many lines. Dude, it's great. It's great. But it gets more dire. So. Exactly. Chopper. Oh, man, it's great. It's great. It's it's so good. I, so I I will say after rewatching it, Arnold holds up so so good. Dude, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. So, and at the end of that movie, I finished it. I finished seeing. Uh, predator with my friend I started it with somebody they left and then somebody else came and I finished watching it with them and I looked to my friend and I said that man was made for Hollywood he was I looked him in his eyes and I said that man was made for Hollywood riding in his fucking night right above his nose dude and I said that man was made for Hollywood because man that dude was made for Hollywood he you was? know like he had just the all the when he's standing there and he has all that fucking dirt on him and and the choppers there and everything and it's just and he's just he's so dirty and so ripped and just so Hollywood. He's super Hollywood. You know what I mean? He is the definition of like an '80s uh, action star, obviously, because he was. But well, hold on. You're going to get some people mad because some people are going to be like, what about Sylvester Stallone? Stallone. <laughs> uh, other 80s exactly. I, I would say they're they're like right neck and neck. Yeah. Um, I watched more Arnold when I was a kid. Uh, but I mean, no hate to St Stallone. Ro the Rocky franchise alone is legendary and has given us Creed. Um, 
But back to Predator, <laughs> or actually specifically Prey. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up was, so I kind of talked about positive and negative with some of the gra- like the graphical uh, things, visuals, like uh, the the cinematography is really pretty. You have really good location, and they utilize it to the max. I think it's Atlanta. I don't. I don't, I'd have to, you know what? I'd have to Google. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. Like you hear those, you hear that all the time being like, you know, this is filmed in the middle of New York and it's a desert. It's like, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> um, but one thing I thought they just utilized really well because predators know for getting good kills. You're, you're supposed to have really good kills with predator. Um, he's supposed to have interesting gadgets, and I think you get all of that. I feel like they brought back all of, all of them. They're all new. They're new. I'm, I'm just kidding. They're a liar. You're a liar. You're a predator. Uh, <laughs> uh, you monster. Did you say I'm not made for Hollywood? Yeah. He said it to my eyes right above my nose. <laughs> um, but uh, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I want to say, is the arrow th- Oh my God! Is the arrow thing not new? Well, so the the uh, so we all know the three not dots, the, right? Yeah. The yeah, three yeah, yeah. the three dots. And I mean specifically the, the floating. Oh oh okay. Because the three that, dots is on all of them. That feels that feels new. I was gonna say because I'm pretty sure what each I, one has a new thing. What I was gonna say was that the three dots in the original just like exploded a motherfucker's head. It just like, it didn't even show the projectile. It's just like three dots and then explosion. Your head is gone. I don't, I don't know what that three. Yeah. I don't know what those three dots threw at that motherfucker, but it hurt though, but it hurt though. And then, so, um, but the three dots in prey, is it shoots three arrows at them? Is it specifically three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like in the place of the dots. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. That was a thing that I'd seen. But I mean, before, because obviously we're drifting back into prey. Uh, but right. while I'm thinking about Predator, because there's one scene I forgot and I cannot believe I forgot. Um, in Predator. In Predator. Okay. Original Predator. Okay. You see. Um, is it Carl Weathers? Yeah. Yeah. You see him shooting at the Predator, uh-huh. and you see the, the three dots, and it shoots off his arm. Yeah. And then you see the Predator running around. You don't. You don't. But then he uses his other arm with his other gun to keep shooting at the Predator as it's running at him. And then, of course, he dies. <laughs> it, it doesn't. But when you watch that, that's so 80s. <laughs> Lack of strategy, man. Yep. The lack of strategy. And that's why those motherfuckers got their ass whooped. And that's why Homegirl did not. Because she wasn't all reckless. So I'm not defending that other point. I think it's dumb to compare them in that way. But I will say this compared when you say, <laughs> when you say um, about you need time to prepare. Do you not remember the end of Predator and how Arnold won his fight? Yes. And that's why I'm saying. Oh, that's fair. That proves your point. Shut up. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you're a monster. I'm crying right now in the studio. I say studio, it's just my duplex. Um, okay, the studio. <laughs> 
but uh, along with like the, I, I thought the like practical effects, like the blood, or like when you see somebody like get shot or hurt in the movie and pray, we're in pray. Um, sorry, I know I realize that we we, we go, yeah, we do, we do. Um, I I thought it looked really good. I, I want to say like that, like obviously some of the blood looks a little over the top. You want that though. Yeah, and then, oh, man, we said we weren't going to compare at the beginning, but this whole thing has been yeah, fair. Yeah, so at this point, you have to make it like Prey slash Predator, right? Okay. And then Pan's Labyrinth. No. Right? They're, they're really but, um, so, I know that we said we weren't going to compare these movies at the beginning. Yep. But this has just become a straight-up comparison. 100%. But, I mean, but it's fun. But we're so fuck it. in a way that's not toxic. No, no, man. Like, uh, yeah, I'm def- I'm definitely doing my best to appreciate both movies here because because they both deserve appreciation. <laughs> like, they're both great movies. I- I'll give One's it to them. Uh, Predator has jumped up my list oh, that's big time mm-hmm. because of this last time that I watched it, and because and Prey is what made me want to go back to it definitely. And there's been times where I see a movie. And then I'm like, oh, man, this makes me want to go back to the original. And yep. then I regret that shit like a motherfucker. <laughs> so so this time it worked out. Yeah. But if <laughs> practical effects. So like it in in Prey, they do a, a really nice job. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good modern practical effects job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not I wouldn't say it's like outstanding to where like all these it puts all these other movies to shame or anything Mm -hmm. but they it does what it needs to do Mm -hmm. enough for it and it's it's still it's gruesome and there's those badass kills and you get all that stuff because i enjoyed a lot of those kills um and then in predator like there's some cool shit that happened you know like you know he gets his arm shot off like all this other stuff (laughs) yeah it's still shooting on the ground yeah it is it's fucking Wow, it that was a hell of a grip that he had on that <laughs> motherfucker, dude. But um, but man, it's the reddest blood I've ever seen in movies, probably. In which one? Uh, Predator. That's right. Yeah, it's the red. Like, there's no way that blood would be outside of your body at that color. Jungle, but I mean, you know, but this is also a movie that has like highlighter green blood, hmm. so. Or where am I gonna get? I mean, it belongs to an alien. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. This blood's always been green. But I mean, no, I I feel the most accurate reviews that I've seen are the ones that start off like, um, you know, what a return to form. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that's really nailing on nailing it on the head because, like I said, like both of the movies are great, mm-hmm. and what they did was take the things that were great about that that first movie they brought a bunch of the awesome stuff over and they added all their like modern stuff to it like perfectly mm-hmm. even though it is set further in the past than mm-hmm. you know but um I've, but i'm just saying like modern mover movie making mm-hmm. things magic you know what i mean jelly bean um so <laughs> Yes, I know what you mean. Um, I because I thought about it when you said it. Um, I think this this movie actually does the whole prequel thing really well. Yeah. Because uh, obviously there's there's really not that much like I don't know if story is the right word, but we don't know a lot about predators. 
that's I mean, as far as I know, I'm sure I could do a Google search and it might be known. We call them predators. It's an alien race. <laughs> I assume. I assume. Um, I think it would be silly if they did. But um, but with this being set so far back, they put themselves in a really good situation to not mess with anything else that's already there. Which is another reason why I'm like, why are griefers griefing? Like, it's not touching what you already love. It doesn't change anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like the Final Fantasy haters, am I right? Um, yeah. <laughs> your eyes. You're right. And this is the now the topic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I thought they did the prequel thing really well. And like you said, the story, it just comes organically. Like you get you, the dialogue between characters. Or it's literally just character driven. 100% character driven. Um, specifically between uh, the main characters they like the siblings obviously um yeah you fully buy into them actually giving a crap out about each other like they love each other they want to protect each other they pick on each other other. um they point out each other's strengths weaknesses all this stuff uh what what, i can't believe i'm chemistry there you go chemistry is the word and you see it it's it's a good word Uh, and it applies like tenfold with them and i obviously everyone's talking about um the main character and everything she accomplishes and has to overcome in this. But, um, I do think it's important to also point out the brother, the brother is great. He's great. He's awesome. Even the, um, even like the supporting cast, even the supporting cast is great. Like the people that have, you know, 10 lines in the movie and there's like, I think there's like, I don't want to call him like an antagonist, (laughs) you know, but like there's, there's one character that kind of like gives her grief and stuff like yeah. that. And like, that guy is fucking awesome. The, it, he, I liked him. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I hope he hears this. And, and <laughs> I hope that he knows that you don't, didn't like his performance. Oh no. Yeah. But that's, he made you feel like the way you're supposed to, but uh, <laughs> no, no. Everybody in that movie does, does a really nice job. A, a really, really nice job. One other thing I wanted to point out, uh, well, not point out, talk about, um, and I feel like we can talk a little bit more than I was going to because we just saw the trailer and they're in it. There's a historical historical accuracy to this movie that I wasn't expecting. And I was a little surprised because there's a point where you see a bear trap. And I'm like, that's weird. What's that doing there? It's a bunch of white folk. (laughs) And and they're awful. They're awful people. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, that's that, you know what you're right. You're 100 percent right. Because um, at first I was like, "What are they speaking?" They're okay. You don't need to look at me when you say white man. <laughs> he hasn't stopped looking at me. <laughs> Send help. Um, but you're right. Uh, they they are the French, uh, but they're obviously not very. They shouldn't be there. I'm not talking about like story-wise. It doesn't make sense. I'm saying like that. That's not their land. They're not there to do anything good. And then there is a realization where you thought one one thing was done by somebody, and then you find out later that like, damn. <laughs> uh, without going into, I know that's very vague, uh, but exactly. And honestly, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see. It I was like, because you spend all this. Oh, yeah. We can't talk too much about it, but um. 
Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, because when you first see what was done, uh, it's like, damn. In so many movies, we get shown like man is the real beast. You know what I mean? Like man is the real motherfucker, man. Yeah. And it, yeah, this this does a good job of that too. So hold on, are you saying the predator's not a good beast? He's I <laughs> compared to the French. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, so. There's a trap of sorts set up, I'll just say, involving one of these French people. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I thought that was amazing. It, it's, it's it's genius. Yeah, no, yeah. She's one of the, you know, she's the shiny cat in the barrel. I know it doesn't make sense. No. But it, it <laughs> she, no, she's like, you know, the sharpest pencil in the box yeah. or whatever. She's, yeah, she's a thinker, man. No, yeah, she. It's it's a great scene, dude. A great scene. Yeah, because I remember watching it and just being like, "Wait, what is she?" And you like start putting it together in your head, and you're like, "Oh, damn!" And uh, yeah, no, it's awesome. And she has some one-liners there. She does. There is no shortage of one-liners. They're not as apparent as um, the Predator movie. The original rides on it. I don't. I think they're just extra yeah. for this one. Oh yeah. Um, but so what I want to do, because this was started out as a gaming podcast and I have a gaming related question um, and I'll, I'll teach you because this is going to be something I think I'm going to be trying to do with our movie reviews. Um, but before we get into that, do you have any final thoughts on Prey? Oh man, just uh, it's it's so easily accessible. Like if you if you don't have Hulu, you know somebody that has Hulu that'll like lend you the password for a day, or just like go to that person's house and pop some fucking popcorn or something. I use somebody else's account, and like if <laughs> and if thank you April, and if if um, it it's so worth just taking the time to see this movie like like you said it's not a long one it's it's like a quick just joyous fucking ride and you should go on it for sure i completely agree um all i i don't think there was a single bad performance like you said even the guy who was you're right he's not an antagonist he's kind of a, just a jerk <laughs> um he makes you feel certain ways and it's, it, Everything going on at Warner Brothers right now, please. <laughs> um, but so I'll just echo everything you just said. Yeah. I, I think it's great. If you have the op- ability to watch it, watch it. Um, I would say if, if you if you're hearing if, if you're out there hearing mixed things about this from somewhere, focus on the positive, because I promise you that's all you're going to see when you watch it. If you don't like aliens, maybe don't watch it. But other than that, <laughs> It's a great action flick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great action flick. Um, there's not a ton. That's that's wrong. Bullet Train just came out. Anyway, uh, it is worth your time. You should definitely check it out. But so here is how I'm going to tie this into what the show originally was about gaming. Um, so a big a big plus for this movie is setting. They they pick the um, obviously Native American uh, time period uh, surroundings their lifestyle and they just throw a predator right in there, and it works incredibly well. Yeah. Um, I think that would be so. I have you played a predator game before? 
No. That's fine. I think there's okay. I think there's only like two, <laughs> and one of them is Alien versus Predator. Um, there was one that came out a few years ago. That's essentially one of those. You, one guy plays as the Predator. Multiple other people are essentially like trying to take down the Predator before you. Predator Hunting Lands, something uh, like that. Right. I want to say they gave it away on PS Plus. That feels right. Yeah. Um, so you might. Yeah. You might. Uh, I was not a huge fan. Um, I don't think they've really stuck a landing with this. Uh, but I think with this movie, I have an idea of how to make a successful Predator game. And what you should do is it should be an episodic type of release. And it would be impossible to do because it would be the rights, getting the rights to make this happen would be, I can't even fathom. You drop him into different video game franchises. Episode one, he drops into Assassin's Creed. That writes itself. You pick a time period, does not matter. Episode two, drop a predator into God of War. (laughs) But he's going to want to fight who he's going to want to fight Kratos. And you know what? Every predator movie, He's not usually fighting something that's actually, he usually fights something that's weaker than him and ends up after a period of time working, getting to his level. Exactly. Right. The, the, the opponent, not the predator. Right. Um, so, I mean, Kratos would be an example of just like, oh man, oh. how are you going to do the, it's predator on the other side of that, man. And that's something, um, might be a shorter episode. Um, I, I feel like predator and Batman would be a really simple one. But I think, again, to make it happen, I think a lot of things would have to come into place that are impossible. <laughs> but what a fun idea. <laughs> yeah. How about, I mean, because did you play uh, Far Cry Primal? Yes. Um, I mean, that's that's just drop them in. Yeah. That's a prey game right there. That's, that's a whole prey game that I would play too. Yeah. Like, I mean, because... It was a fun, the parts that I played of it, mm. I got up to a certain point and then I don't know, some things happened. So <laughs> I had to go do, I had to go do some other right stuff, but, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, just drop them that in that game. And that, that is a, that is a perfect prey game it right is. there. Yeah. For sure. That's what I'm saying. You drop them into these different video game universes. Uh, that is the perfect Far Cry one. Um, uh, I think Assassin's Creed is also a really good one. Which is funny because those are just two Ubisoft uh, franchises. Y'all aren't doing so great right now, Ubisoft, so write this down. Uh, well, yeah, if you want that being done in like eight years. <laughs> I, I love CD Projekt Red, but <laughs> we, just got, we just got Cyberpunk working out fine. And then... Um, where's our Witcher update? I don't know. Uh, but when you... When you it, in all reality, you get an episode where he's just like just a little episode where he hops in the cyberpunk universe. That would yeah. be really cool. That'd be really cool. Because um, I'd also like to think, say, because in these, I like to think you're playing the Predator. Oh. Yes. Because you've played, these are video game franchises where you've already played as characters in the other games. It's just, it's <laughs> oh, that's why I got a board. Yeah. Oh. oh, you thought you'd be Kratos? Yeah. No, man, you've already been Kratos. I think to really sell the appeal of Predator, you should let people be Predator. No, yeah. But then you get those situations with God of War. You did say it would be a Predator game. Yeah. So that makes sense. That's fair. And uh, who's to say you can't do both? 
you can you can pick sides i don't think the multiplayer angle is the one to go with um i don't know the state of that game right now Those games are so they they just die oh okay well i'm not saying all multiplayer games i'm talking about the specifically um yeah which i mean that's actually like the worst example because it's so successful and still getting updates right now it is pretty much yes yes um like Dragon Ball Z just put one out where you play as Frieza and then you can play as like a couple of the comedic characters. I, I, get, I get why there would be a Predator. I, I get why Predator fits into that mold, but and like maybe they could have done better with gameplay or something to make it like more interesting or make people stick around for it or whatever. But like, I I wouldn't. Even if they redid it and revamped it yeah. and they made it like better than Dead by Daylight or something <laughs> like that, like nah, I'm not gonna play that kind of game. So something else would be better. Okay, <laughs> I was like, hold on. Um, exactly. Uh, so you should never write off a single player experience, and that's why I'm saying you, you're predator. You hop into just a game's universe and you fight whatever's there. Especially if you hop into God of War, like you're going to be fighting for your life to beat Kratos. What was alien versus predator? Like, was it a story? The game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I talked about it. One of my episodes, you son of a bitch. So yeah. Oh, well yeah, I think a little bit. So alien versus predator was one of my most played games on Xbox 360. You have a you have three campaigns. You play as a predator, which is my which was the one I found the most boring because you're just an OP guy hunting people, and it's really fun at first. But after that, it's just shock value. And then you play as a human, which is actually pretty scary because obviously you're the most underpowered thing, and it's like a horror game. Uh, and then you have the moments where you're one on one with a predator, and then other moments where you're fighting hordes of aliens. Yeah. And then when you're an alien. You, it's just weird because you're like you're putting face huggers on people. You're stealthily killing them. I thought it was really fun. Um, remake that game. I don't know who made it originally. I would I would play it. I would play it. I'd play it right now. Um, but that's that is literally the only like alien related game I've really enjoyed. But you would enjoy another game like that. Yeah. Okay. Like if they were to make a Predator game, that's the kind of game. I'd have to see trailer. So, like I said, out of those three, because Predator is tricky. Predator is determined by what he's having to do. When you're having to fight people online, that's not much. Oh, no, no. Yeah, so here's here's what I'm thinking then. Um, a, like, what kind of mold can you put it in? Like a, like a Ghost of Tsushima mold? <laughs> like you go through a story. Yeah, your, your spaceship crash lands right and stuff gets scattered all over the place humans come and scavenge some of that shit and they send different parts to different places and you have to like raid these places and get your stuff back to like gain skills Mm -hmm. you know what i mean something like that then there's like a skill so then there's like a skill tree stuff like that and and you just like build it up and by the end of the movie you're just the ultimate predator or the end of the movie the end of the game yeah you're just the ultimate predator that's how i'd do it if i was to do it i think that's genius I think that's good that's good yeah. and i i think that could just be a whole solo thing story in there. i don't know i don't know what you would do to make it like matter story-wise 
predators aren't gonna do that. <laughs> 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 But you know, the predator's not going to do that. The predator fan base is so mad at you for cat. suggesting that. <laughs> no, because yeah. he's going to kill it. A predator and a cat would get along. <laughs> he killed the lion. No, he didn't. Data. The brother killed the lion. Anyway, I think you're onto something there. That'd be really cool. Um, you also, in the scenario like that, I don't think you have to focus on a narrative story so much. I think we'd all be pretty happy just wandering around with his like because he speaks in clicks, right? And they're usually alone. Um, but with that, I think we're going to wrap up on our Predator segment. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we will be discussing uh, Pan's Labyrinth. And we are back now talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. It came out December 2006. As we saw, we just watched the trailer for those who are just listening. Um this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I watched it last night when I still thought we were going to be talking about Nope today. Screw that movie. No, 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 no. no hey, we've, we've talked a lot about it off of the podcast. So I figured let's go into Pan's Labyrinth while I actually don't really know what Ernest thinks of it. Um, I will start off with my opening thoughts. This movie is beautiful. This movie is also incredibly violent. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Um, it's incredibly sad, but everything just heightens the story that's being told. And I think it's wonderful. Um, there's obviously, especially in the early 2000s, examples of like poor child acting, stuff like that. Um, I think she kills it in this movie. I think she's so good. I think she's so good. No, you thought I was taking that somewhere else. Yeah, no, 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 no. I thought, I thought, I thought she did good. I thought she did very good. Um, I felt super old cause I looked it up on IMDb, um, and I was just trying to see when it was released and that girl's an adult now. <laughs> so it's like, Oh my God. Um, but the practical effects, obviously some parts of the CG are, don't hold up as well as when you first see it. Um, but at least for me, that was only noticeable when it's like, that's the best way to put it. When you see the CG interact with something that's real. Like when you see a bug on somebody's arm that's not real, you can pretty much glaringly tell. But oh my god, the fawn—that's that's practical. That's practical effect. That is incredible. That is art. Like somebody built that, and that's just there. The stage, the like that—it's not a cave. I don't want to say um, the labyrinth, essentially, where she goes to meet with um, Pan, and uh, it's like the the sets are so beautiful it's so cool um and then you get the creature design the fairies i i will say when you see them as bugs freaked me out <laughs> there's a lot of clicks going on there's it's it's freaky they're huge uh yeah <laughs> pretty much man um but but before I finish my opening thought, I just got to say that score is wonderful. The melody alone, just that like you just heard it when we were watching the trailer, it just plays over. Um, it's beautiful. That's, oh, that's, I, I'll just call it there before passing this over, but it's beautiful. It's a great movie. Well, Chris is about to be really upset that he, <laughs> in, he invited me to talk about this movie because, boy, no, nah, I'm just playing. No, yeah, I, I agree with with all of that it, it was i am ashamed 
for taking so long to see this movie. Yeah, I just saw it the other day, like two, three days ago, something like that. And I I mean, I was the guy at the party that hadn't seen Pan's Labyrinth, pretty much. You know, that's how it felt in every, yeah, like one of my best friends from when we were in pre-K. Right, like twenty, what is that? Twenty six years, twenty seven years, something like that. I, uh, I, I look good. I moisturize, <laughs> baby. Um, but I, uh, his daughter is named uh, Ophelia, mm-hmm. and like, and he was like, yeah, from Pan's Labyrinth, and I was like, you don't watch movies, like that's crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, <laughs> and I was like, you named your daughter from a movie because I've never known him to be like. That kind of he's not like a nerd of any sort or anything, yeah. but you know, but like he is uh big on things for the culture. And then Gil, yeah, Del Toro just Del Toro like fucking that dropping that shit out, yeah, dude. And especially with this movie, like I saw a lot of things, um, because you know, I, I like to come up with my own ideas, like I got this from the movie, and then I also like to go read a couple threads mm-hmm. and stuff like that and be, be like. I feel like, you know, the fawn was representing blah, 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 and stuff like that, right? So, like, I, I like to go get that after and then add that to the way that I feel about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I saw a, a bunch of stuff, like, just little fun facts and stuff, like, the, that he renamed it for uh, the American release, oh, Pan's right. Labyrinth, because uh, he didn't think that um, most Americans would recognize they – were, they would – more easily recognize Fawn from like Greek mythology mm-hmm. than um, you know, and to his point, whatever the other thing actually <laughs> actually was, you know, stuff like that. So, like, I mean, yeah, it does a great job, and that they left it in Spanish and didn't try to fuck with it and just threw it in the subtitles and stuff, just because, like, to your point, like the little girls uh, at the time, little girls. <laughs> um, performance is just so amazing especially for a child actor back then like now there's child actors everywhere just like crushing it dude like crushing but like yeah back then it was a little bit harder we had like Lindsay lohan or something so like fucking (laughs) you know i don't know yeah sure it is but um and like (laughs) This this shit put Parent Trap to shame, oh, baby. <laughs> so so yeah, I said I wasn't gonna compare them. Predator, prey, Pan's Labyrinth, and Parent Trap. And Parent Trap, yeah, we got yeah, we got a we got a little theme going on. So yeah, so the original Parent Trap, right? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, but um but not only her. Like so the whole cast just fucking brings it, dude. Like I from the moment that he comes on screen, the captain is uh what's the name? Vidal? Vidal, right? You you just immediately as soon as he looks at his watch and he's like 15 minutes late. Like dude, fuck you. It like fuck you for for timing your pregnant wife, you know that had to pull over for morning sickness or whatever was going on there. You know, like she was sick with the baby, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah. And he's like mm, fifteen minutes late, and then he like makes her get in the chair, and then he like squeezes her, 
as soon as he squeezes your hand, dude, as soon as he squeezes your hand, you're just like, fuck this guy. He needs to die a terrible death, pretty much. I mean, which might be a little extreme, but, you know, movie-wise. So, before we go on, I think it's fair to say there shouldn't be any reason for a warning. We're going spoilers. There's n- this movie's been out th- since 2006, um, and I will say the captain had a pretty rough death. <laughs> well, a pretty rough event, set, set of events leading up to that, but we'll get to the end of the movie in a bit. Um, before, so... When I was rewatching this, I rewatched this last night. I haven't watched it in a few years. Um, and I like to do that. Like you have a good bit of a gap and there's always something you're going to forget. And then it's like, oh my God, this happened. Um, for the first like third of the movie, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I don't, but was I wrong? Is this not an amazing movie like I thought it was? And it just uh, pretty much from the first time she meet, starts talking to the fawn, I was just like, here we are. Here we go. Um, it's incredible. And we'll go into this more, especially with the ending of the movie. Because um, in its own way, it's kind of open-ended. I say, okay, but there are, maybe not open-ended. There's two, there's not just one potential ending. There's two, depending on how you look at it. I like that look on your face. That's, that's going to be a conversation. Um <laughs> Because you asked me the question after you watched the movie. And when you asked me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it again. Do you think it was in her head or do you think it was real? And that whole point of view, how you look at, because I don't think there's a right or wrong. I'm fairly certain that it's it's made to make you to have an argument for both sides. And depending on how you look at it, that completely changes where you are at the end. Um. (laughs) How well, maybe it's not sad. Well, it's regardless, it's sad, unfortunately, for Mercedes. Um, but again, that is jumping ahead, that is the ending. Uh, before we get there, the practical effects again are so good. The fawn, dude, and okay, practical effects aside, that performance, the fawn's great, yeah, he's so good. Um, he's like. You can tell there's something wrong. <laughs> like it's like I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I should be listening to you. exactly. But if you were a kid, okay, well, I can't really say to it. If I was a kid and that showed up in my room or something, I'd, I'd run, I'd cry, I'd, I'd be terrified. If, if I walked into a labyrinth <laughs> and that motherfucker was there uh-huh. at 33, uh-huh. I would freak the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Um. Because it's terrifying. Uh, and I remember the first time I ever watched this movie, which was in 2006. Um, it didn't, like, scare me like a horror movie. I was, like, I... To say I was scared the whole movie, it doesn't really work. Maybe more unnerved. Like, I knew that the the fawn, there was something wrong there. Like, he had those... There were moments where he just jitters. And I'm like... It, I giggle a little now, but when I was younger, I was just like the hell is that what's he doing <laughs> exactly and you hear because it's such a well-made uh, prop puppet whatever it is um because every movement feels like it's on purpose it feels like it's part of his language the fawn has a body language and it just really because he's like all he gets all hunched over he's guarded and then when the girl starts talking to him a little more and starts like buying into what he's saying he's opening up more he's talking more with his hands stuff like that and this is where perspective comes into it 
Um, is that her just getting more comfortable with what she's seeing? Because because that could easily be it. And what's more welcoming? Because when somebody's like this, if you're on the other side, you can't see what their hands are doing. You might be scared. You don't know what they're doing. But if you see them right here, they're more open. They're like talking to you. They're facing you. There's nothing to be afraid of. You see everything they're doing. And she might just be more comfortable and getting more used to what she is seeing, whether it's real or not. Um, and I think Del Toro absolutely killed it as a director in this movie because there are literally from what I can think of right now, great arguments for both sides. So, I mean, there really is. And I, and I feel like even if you, you know, it's just gray and we don't get a black and white answer, it's, it's still okay because in the end it, it, it paints just like a really, a really nice message for you, you know, but like, so whether it, it's, True and I, I like what you said about like that's her becoming more comfortable mm-hmm. with what she's saying, like accepting this either like strange reality or this what you know her imagination mm-hmm. is giving her. Right, right. Of course, of course, you want to be a princess. You know what I mean? Of course, you want to be a princess from like a faraway land and and stuff like that. Like, of course, she wants that. Now, there's there's a couple of things that work for both sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like one thing one thing that gets me is like so that's the book that she just happens to be reading when they first come in to the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is like so she's reading about the princess that ran away up to the world and stuff like that and then that's when the car stops because the mom's sick and she finds the little eye that she puts back into the thing, which unlocked the fairy or something like that. Right. Something like that's going on. Um, so just it being the book that she's reading when she starts to see the very first signs of the fawn and the labyrinth and things like this, which would be the fairy, um, kind of paints the picture that she's just building this from the book and and like applying it just like as a like filter over real life right the other thing the other thing that makes me think that you know it is all in her head is or i'm sorry before i get there so the other thing that that's yeah the 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 other thing that that stands out to me for the other side of it actually is uh the mandrake root yeah, like it, so. Yeah, if if she if she didn't get the mandrake root from the fawn when he just handed it to her and told her the instructions for it, then where did she get that from? You know what I mean? Yeah. So she could. So. So you. St- I was with you at the beginning, but you didn't. You're not. It's not the exact point of the mandrake root that I'm thinking of. So you're right. Where would she have gotten it? Um, I don't think it's that far-fetched to say she could have just... I mean, if if it is in her mind, she's imagining... she Instead of her actually going to get it, which she would have done in this scenario, she's imagining that it was given to her. That's just an addition over her imagination. What I think... on the Because I'm agreeing with you that this the mandrake root counts as something that, sh- uh, that argues it's, it's real. Right. 
Um, the moment it gets thrown in the fire, everything starts going downhill for the mom. Oh, yeah. And what happens to the mom? Again, spoiler alert, she died. Yeah. <laughs> and, th- I mean, that's something you- you're just not going to know. Like, they, it's not like we can, well, let's play a different cut. Like, it's, we, that happened, and that's it. And, and I think that's, like, the strongest argument for it being real, at least that I can think of right now, the Mandrake Root being burned, and then her dying. Because yeah. um, that's just, if it's not real, and, like, the Root wasn't doing anything, that is such a strong coincidence. I think, I think that it's her putting blame on herself somehow Who? The mom? ophelia okay yeah i her mom? i yeah because okay. from what i understood from the movie and again i've only seen it the one time <laughs> i've seen it one and a half times but there's there's instances and i i can't even come up with examples of them and i apologize for that but there's instances where she kind of gives the impression that she feels responsible for her father's death right and um i think for somebody that's putting themselves through that seeing then you're seeing the other side of that and like your mother going through things like that like it's easy for a child to create habits like that of making it like their problem you know what i mean like I've I've known a lot of kids that did that. I probably did it as a kid, you know, stuff like that where you just like like what am I doing to make my parents fight? Like even from there like on, you know, like how could I have not taken better care of my mom? There's that scene where they're laying down in bed and he's she's like, "Why are you why did you marry him?" And she was like, "I was I was lonely. I needed somebody. Stuff like like the shit that only adults understand. You know that you're not gonna get as a kid." And then immediately, there was the the response is, "But you have me," yeah, which is I'm here with you. which from a child's perspective, it's not. They don't think of it as selfish, but it's a very obviously, it's not the same thing. It's not right. Right. There's there's those different types of of company and relationships and you need to fill all of those voids and stuff as an adult, which I mean, it's great. Probably seeing this movie as a kid and then seeing it as an adult has to be a very different thing. So that is a whole thing I was going to bring up. Um <laughs> And I, so obviously this isn't a kid's movie and I, I wouldn't recommend anybody make their kid watch it. Um, I know as a kid, like somebody who doesn't speak Spanish, I would have been bored. I like, I would have a lot it would have subtitles would have lost I me. Worse. I was worse with, I was worse with subtitles. Yeah. As a kid, as a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I love them. But back then I was just like, I have to read. Um, <laughs> but I think it would be, and this goes into what I was saying about there being potentially two different endings. Because um, I think it plays it plays both sides really well. The adult tone of the movie is all there. And, like, we're adults. That's a, that's a, a way of viewing this movie we can't avoid. We can't change it. We're adults. Um, functioning adults, that's debatable. But it's like we're adults. We know that, like you just said, a child wouldn't have thought my mom has all these needs. A child just thinks, my mom has me. That's all she needs. And she's acting like it's not enough. Exactly. And she's acting like it's not enough. Um, but the movie has the, like, the, the, the way that they introduce like, the fantastical parts of this film. Like the, the fawn, the oh, terrifying eye hand creature. 
the oh that's right pale man yeah yeah the the disgusting frog like all of this <laughs> when he th- is, oh, we're gonna get to that in a minute. Um, it's so gross. Uh, but it's because I grew up in the country. Like I, we played outside. I didn't play. <laughs> I didn't play outside a lot. Uh, but you, you, especially as a because I grew up as an only child. Your imagination's your best friend, and you're making up these scenarios. You're building these worlds, and you're just in it. Um, and this game, um, not game, this movie does a really good job of putting you in that headspace, which really is what sells this could be in her head instead of it could be real. Because um, the other thing is, if you know Guillermo del Toro, he makes movies that are just fantastical. Like, it, it could have been real. Exactly. Hellboy alone. Uh, but... <laughs> um, Golden Arm is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> but, God damn it, we're going to have a whole series. Um, so, but I would be super interested to have a child watch this movie and assuming they can make it all the way through, hear what they think happened. But it would be super interesting to hear the perspective of a child watching this movie because I feel like it would lean in towards they went to the moon. She's the princess now. Exactly, which is, I, so I will say, when I saw this as a kid, I didn't think that deeply into it, and I was just like, oh, it's over. <laughs> I really liked it, but I didn't think about the, the perplexity of that ending and how it could be one way or the other. Yeah, and that they're the center of everything. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I could make a movie like this. Yeah, I mean, this is kid stuff. Um, but to the meat of it, when that fog frog throws up its whole innards and it's just that big gooey pile, it's disgusting in the best way. Like it, like obviously the, so that's part of the CG that I was talking about earlier where I was saying it can be a little glaring. Like when you see the tongue touch your hand, it's just like, this is 2006. Oh, yeah. Um, again, only when it's interacting with like a real thing. Cause I mean, I think that's when you face the hardest challenges with those anyway. Um, but then, because that's like a real sack of what would have been the toad's skin or whatever in the back. Oh, yeah. And then just a pile of goo. And thank God the key's right there on top. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, God, dude. It was so great. And you're already there being covered in bugs. She was talking to this frog with a bug on her face. And I was like, you're better than I am. Well, I, I mean, okay. There's this one time uh-huh. that I went to a camp. They uh they took a bunch of us inner city kids out to uh, Bear Creek, okay. and they took us to Bear Creek and they had us camp out there for the day. And as soon as we got there, they were like, "Careful, there's daddy long legs all over the place. They're not gonna hurt you, but people get grossed out, whatever." Mm-hmm. Then we go on this night hike, and we they take us into this cave, mm-hmm. and it's covered wall, ceiling, floor, all of it by daddy long legs like just all over it right and and they're like do you want to go in there and some people were like yeah you know like i ain't no i ain't no bitch and stuff well i went after everybody else went because i had a reputation to uphold um but like you know so so comparing that to her being in that cave right like the first bug that you get on you you want to wipe it off 
And then the second, third, fourth bug that gets on you, you want to wipe it off. And she gets multiple. But after a while, you're just like, okay, these are just on me now, dude. Like, I just got to roll with it. And she's doing that, I mean, in her mind, you know, to, to herself. She is doing that shit to get back to her fucking kingdom. Fuck, fuck those bugs. That's true. Give a damn about those bugs. That's a, that's a fair point. And also, because now that when you really put yourself in that place, obviously I'm going to be freaking out about the first few bugs. But when you cross eyes with a giant frog that could swallow you whole, <laughs> maybe maybe the fear goes somewhere else. And I mean, out of out of the, the, the three challenges that the fawn gives, that's by far, like, that's papitas, man. That's that's just barely it. Well, I oh, thought okay. I thought you watched the movie. I thought you knew Spanish. No, I'm just like, no, that's that. It's the smallest task, you know. Get a couple bugs on you, man eating frog, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last part is by far the the hardest. That's why she didn't pass it. But I guess we'll get to that part. What? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. She did. She did pass it. But she didn't do the thing that she was being asked to do, and, and that's how she passed it. And yes. The head bounce are just perfect right, right. So, speaking of the trials, um, I, th- I think it's fair to say, at least of the ones she, I guess, she only did two, uh, that second one was like the scariest for me. Because when she, granted, it's the easiest one to avoid. <laughs> But I'm fairly certain, because when I watched it last night, I think that like it draws people to the food. I think there's like a mystical drawing to the food. Because she's walking by, and I want to say there's a sound effect. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe I'm making that up. But she stops, turns around, and she's going for the grape. So this is one of those things, because in the moment, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I told you, I like to see a movie sit there and meditate on it feel the way i feel about it and then i go look a couple of things up and stuff right so i mean just going down google if, if you put why did ophelia do this right then it gives you so many other suggestions like what's going on with this thing what's this other thing going on it just shows you like all the fucking questions that people ask right so one of the things is like why did she eat the fucking grape because i i was sitting there yelling at the tv and just like what why the fuck are you they explicitly told you not to and um so one of the things that i saw that i found interesting was that the fairies try to show her the wrong door at first right yeah there's three there's three little doors or keyholes or whatever in the wall and they're they're like choose this one in the middle and they're like sure of it and she's like no it's this one on the left right opens up that one it turns out to be the one she has the blade so they said that at that point she stopped trusting the fairies and everything else that they had told them told her was just like out the door Mm. like you know they were fucking lying to me like, it wasn't even that door that they were telling me. It was this other one. I know what the fuck I'm doing. These grapes look good, and I'm going to have me those one. Are, those are some good-looking grapes. 
Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's the thing, and the font, the way the font explains it too, like they they didn't let you down on those practical effects either. <laughs> like they they really put out like the best looking food, you know, and um, yeah, so they're there to be like enticing and stuff. The other thing that I saw is because there's a lot of like you know representation in in the movie and stuff is that like it's the pale man's table. And that's like the them trying to draw you in to consume so that they could eventually consume you. Some kind of weird shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We found a theme between the There you go. It's the French, dude. <laughs> no, but like um But yeah, no, it's it's something like that. But it was also just an excuse to put, like, a crazy fucking looking monster yeah. in a movie that should look awesome with the hand, with the eyeball hands. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's great. It's awesome. Um, before I make my, my statement about that monster, had you seen what it looked like before actually watching the movie? Really? You've never seen the hands on the eyes? I think, I mean, maybe I, like, saw it around, but I hadn't put the connection to Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, because uh, I was gonna say that monster's iconic now. I was that guy at the party. Man, I'm sorry. This is the last episode. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it. Is that not enough? Well, is she alive or not? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that monster's like iconic now. So I don't. No, no. We're, we'll get there in a minute. That's like, oh man. Um, back to what I was saying about the effects. Uh, this movie is is definitely rated R. Uh, I didn't even I, consider it. I didn't consider it when I was first watching it. But like seeing seeing the the rating before we watched the preview, it it makes so much sense now with the violence. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I forgot what it was rated as well when I started watching it until so the very first thing you see the captain do. They they capture a couple of rabbit hunters, right. essentially. So the first like violent thing you see the captain do, right. the, the the soldiers capture. Yeah, fair. The the soldiers capture. Uh, I guess they they thought they were trespassers in the area. Um, I think they thought they were part of the gorillas. That's fair. They they might have thought they were part of the gorillas. Right. But so when they find. When those rabbit hunters get captured, um, nobody actually checked their bag to see if they actually are rabbit hunters. They just assume they're with the gorilla, the the gorilla army, um, the rebels. And you see, it's so it's graphic and it's actually really sad because it's a father and his son. They talk about how they're out hunting because the the because the father has daughters too that are sick. Um, and all of this at this point, you don't know if it's true or not, I guess. Uh, he's just pleading and it looks like he's pleading for his life. And then the captain doesn't really, he doesn't check anything either. He doesn't check their bags. He doesn't look anywhere. They just piss him off and he bashes the sun's face in and you watch it. And it's just like, you see it cave in it's with a knife, right? the, 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 the butt of the knife. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he's just... That, that makes sense as to why his face is just like... It, I mean, he crushes his he face. Pu- he, pushes, yeah. he pushes it all in. Like, the nose goes in. 
parts of the face go in. And to make it even worse, because I didn't realize it till this this viewing, because um, the he then shoots the dad. And then he looks over, and the son's still there, moving. Like, he then he shoots him and kills him. And I'm like, that part's mercy, because <laughs> you know that. Oh my god! I was just like, that is awful. And then what happens right after that? They look in the bag of the 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 people they just killed. There's some rabbits. They were literally doing what they said they were doing. And there was no reason for them to die. Maybe, maybe you should check your stuff uh, before you come bother the captain, yeah. is what he says. And that really sets the tone. You kind of already get it, like you said, when the wife first shows up. But this just really sells that there's probably no length he won't go to <laughs> to get what he wants, essentially. Um, but speaking more on the captain, because obviously he's a bastard. He's awful. Great acting phenomenal performance yeah. um yeah. but he's made to hate exactly and he, he just he, he does more than achieve <laughs> like i like fearfully hated that man i was like if i was in a room with him he's gonna do whatever he can to take me down um but now i have a question for you because we've been talking about what's real and what's not do you think that watch was actually cl- actually ticking for him it's what Okay, was was yeah, yeah. Okay, now that you're mentioning it, I know that there's parts where he's working on the watch. He fixes it up, right? Because it's it's cracked, right? And then, and well, I remember another general or you know some other high-ranking individual. So the story behind the watch is. It's his dad's watch. It's the captain's dad's watch. And he breaks it the moment he dies so that he's, he, he's able to relay the message of what time he died to his son. And it's net. So it, then it's brought up at a dinner party later and he denies that his father ever, ever even owned a watch. He says, no, doesn't make any, that it's bull crap. Didn't, doesn't happen. But of course you see it repeatedly. And only in scenes where he's actually like focused on the watch in some form is when you hear it clicking. And so my question is, is it actually going or is it still broken? And that's just a representation of the pressure that his father put on him from his upbringing. Holy shit. I mean, okay. So this is something that I did not consider. (laughs) On my first watch, okay, that's right. but um, there's a lot in the movie. I guess I mean being presented this now and thinking about the um, just like the theme of of the rest of the story and how you know is it real or is it not or is it just a coping mechanism for this fucked up situation that she's in? Like I I would say that. If that's the case, and it only ticks in certain scenes when he's when it's like from his point of view, his point of view is what you're saying. And and then aside from that, it's still cracked and stuff. Okay, and and just like not necessarily working, or you don't notice it working. They show the face every now and then, but I'm fairly certain it's the same time. Okay, then I think that. It would, <laughs> I, I, then I would, I would fare more on the side of it being in his imagination and it being a way 
to cope with his father's death. And what I add to that, which makes it such an interesting idea, is the fact that in his mind, he's the only no- he's he's an he's not just an adult; he's a man. And he, you hear him talk about fairy tales and how you shouldn't let your daughter read this crap. Look what it's done to her. And look at this man struggling with something that might not be real. Yeah. And it's, I just think that's a good balance of irony there. I mean, but it's also just, I mean, because I know it's in Spain, mm-hmm. but um, it's, um, but it's made by, by a, a Mexican man, you know? And, and I know he puts like a lot of his like experiences and passions and you know things like this into his movies, and um, I I mean just in the Mexican American community or, or Mexican community, you know from from what I've experienced and stuff, um, there's like this stigma that men have to be men and men have to carry themselves in a certain way, and you shouldn't feel feel like. Don't cry. What's wrong with you? Stuff like that, right? And um, that's multiplied by being in the military. And then I mean, so maybe it's a take on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then being in the military on top of that. I mean. Oh, dude, you have the perfect point of view. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mexican American, and I was in the military, and I can definitely tell you both of those cultures <laughs> are are just very uh, uh for, in my experience, just like there's a lot of toxic masculinity and stuff and i feel like del toro would be the motherfucker that like let's put this in a way that you know let's put some of this in the movie so so definitely i see how that could be a, a thing in it i have to watch this fucking thing again did, damn did it. You? yeah which i did watch like a half before, you should watch both halves of a movie last night, last night before I fell oh that's right because you tried to watch it again yeah. um Oh, <laughs> I have a life, Chris. Um, that's completely fire. Um, and I don't want, I want to say I haven't thought about the watch before until I watched it this, this viewing. Cause I'm keeping an eye out. you definitely should. Um, and I'll probably look up something as well afterwards. And I mean, there has to be so many things that you pick up on the next time exactly. and the next time. Exactly. Cause literally dude, like there's so many things that could point to one side of the argument or the other. I don't think if you are fighting tooth and nail saying this absolutely happened, she is a moon princess. I'm not going to argue. I will bring up that. I think there's equal opportunity of it not being real that it's in her mind, but it's the movie does so well because Del Toro not only directed, he wrote this. So he, he made this baby. Exactly. And like, I can't fathom how you make it do this. <laughs> like, it, it operates in such a way. Like, I've watched this movie multiple times. I'm still finding out things about it. Um, and there's just, there's layers. It's, and it's. And different perspectives. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and obviously, the perspective you might not want to pay attention to the most is the guy you hate in the movie. So that might be not why I didn't think about the watch. Because every time he's on the screen, you're just kind of like. Fuck this guy. Yeah, like somebody, somebody cut his mouth open, you know? Uh. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've, um, I've made an effort to try to see things from every character's, like, point of view. You've actually made fun of me for it before. Oh, yeah, because yeah, if you think about it from this, this perspective, and then, like, oh, I, right. I think we were talking about um, Midsummer. And I was like, from the boyfriend's perspective, he's going through it this way. 
right? And I try to like you know just humanize some of his like choices and stuff like that. Which I mean, I mean he's a human, you know. But but you know you know what I mean, man. And then and then so like I I have been trying to take things into perspective uh, with like villains and things like this with different movies that I watch. And what I came to with the captain is he's just a total bastard. <laughs> he's just a real bastard, dude. Like I tried, I tried, and I mean, I mean, sure, maybe you have that pressure. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe you have like you know that pressure from your father and the pr- pressure from the position, and you have to like you know, there's that machismo that you have to keep up and show yourself to your men in a certain way and stuff like that, so that they follow orders and they do shit. Like the way he made an example with the rabbit hunters and stuff like that. But like, there's just what makes a villain is, is like the way that you choose to approach these fucking things. And that motherfucker is a villain, man. Like through and through. He's a real dick. He's a real dick. I don't think anyone's going to argue with you. That is a real dick. Um, but I, (laughs) if you're captain lover, please stop subscribing to my podcast. Um, I was going to say he is, he's a huge dick, but I want to say, and maybe this is why I was even looking for it because as I've gotten older, I like, I mean, I think we can all appreciate more of a nuanced villain. Somebody's not just bad to be bad. Uh, and to be fair, his, that's easier to do when it's not like the world at stake. Like um, the captain's not looking to take over a planet. He's looking to win a war. He was given the, he, he's trying to follow orders, do what he needs to do. Spanish Civil War, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, like the endings of it when there's still people fighting back. Yes, because uh, yeah, they are. I'm pretty sure there's a line where he says we've already won, right. um, which makes the ending a little bit like, damn. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but when you when you consider that watch aspect, uh, just like what you're talking about with that horrible boyfriend from Midsummer, <laughs> it's a way. I, th- I think it's a very nuanced p- potential way to, to add some uh, hum- humanize him. Right. Um, he's still a monster, and not there's just, no forgiving him. Not just being bad to be bad. Exactly. Because right. um, you're absolutely right. And you just spoke to him from two perspectives. Me, as a white person who's never been in the military, I can't speak to um, with the Mexican culture and then the military background. Uh, but being a man, like they're especially in the in the past, because this movie is like set in the 40s or something like that. Right. Um, the whole macho man thing, don't show your emotions, all that crap, was like front and center. Right. Uh, and then, like you said, uh, even heightened with the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that watch, I think that's a genius uh, if it is doing that. Um, ca- exactly, dude. Ca- that's what I'm saying, because like literally that's such a subtle way to do it. And it's not, and you can't argue being like, they're just trying to make me like him. No, it's a watch. No. <laughs> it's, it's a watch ticking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, to be fair, we're, we're Abby fans at this podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, the captain. He's so hate, like he is so awful. Like the torture scene when they get one of the rebels yeah. and they have him in the dude, his hand. Like yeah. it was just like, 
man. The way that he breaks it down to him is yeah. just so yeah. fucking diabolical, dude. Like, see, I'm going to take this. And this is going to make you like want to tell me the truth. But and I'm then he gets like, I'm not going to believe you. Yeah. 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 You like, might still lie to me. He's like, then I'm going to take this. And then I think you might be telling me the truth. But by the time I get to this thing, I'm going to believe every word that you tell. That shit was just like, that's that haunting shit. That kid, that's what. That's how you do a fucking villain, man. It is. It is. It's so good. And like on top of, cause, um, we've seen villains who like threaten to torture and all that. And they really enjoy it. Uh, but they do it in a way that's like slightly charismatic and they almost kind of want to be playful with it. He, though he is a little playful with it. I still just felt nothing but menacing. Like, like he wants to hurt people here. Like there was no, like there's no like aspect of love to hate this man. It's all, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah. He is, he is not made to be liked at all. Exactly. Um, one thing that I was thinking to myself was that, uh, if you take Ophelia out of this movie, the movie doesn't happen. it's <laughs> stupid. Uh, just like, um, the performances and the character mm-hmm. depth and stuff like that, that you get from, uh, the rebels and the rebel spies and the captain and the mom and just everything that's going on in that little camp mm. and stuff like that. Like that alone is a great movie. It is. And, and that's without the main storyline, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you add, you sprinkle that shit right there on top. That's the cherry on top. And it makes the whole fucking thing. I mean, obviously like that's what pushes it up there. But like the supporting, the, uh, right, right. It wouldn't be called Pan's Labyrinth anymore, but like, but I'm just saying, like the uh, the whole backdrop yeah. to this to the, to what's already this beautiful story is just great, man. Like what they have going on with the spies mm. and stuff like that was just mad it's intriguing. Awesome. Yeah, it is. So awesome. Yeah, and with her brother Rebel. Uh, that's what I was just about yeah. to bring out. Like I was saying, there's no small parts. You're absolutely right. right. Um, look at the doctor. The doctor is such a sympathetic character and he does kind of play both sides, but he has a reason for being there for the captain. Um, well, specifically cause he's not there for the captain. He's there for his wife. <laughs> um, and he still, he treats the wife and I, and obviously the captain orders it, but f- giving the dialogue and everything you learn about the, the doctor and getting to know him, you know, he's probably, he just seems like a good person who would be doing this. Right. And, that's another example. Like I was saying in Prey, you don't need a lot of heavy exposition to get to know a character. You just see this through his actions, through his mannerisms, yeah. through the way he talks, the way he looks at that um, torture, that tortured soldier. The one that he killed. Yeah, the one that he has to end up putting down. He, the, you can't tell me that that face doesn't say it all. He looks so sad. He's, he's not thinking about for a moment that he could be in trouble. Because, you know, he's not a dumb guy. He yeah. probably is. Um, he, he knows that something's about to go down. This guy didn't just die. And nobody, it speaks to the the renown of the captain, assumes the captain's an idiot either. Yeah. Um, he only got there because of... Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, tenacious is the most positive word you could probably put on that captain. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the doctor's probably... Okay, no. Doctor's second. So my favorite um, supporting character 
has to be Mercedes. She's great. She's phenomenal, dude. She kills it. She and even before you learn about all the spy stuff about the how she's connected to the rebels, she just seems like a really like good head on her shoulders maid who's there for Ophelia, her wife, and she's so and and I didn't remember the big part where she needs the blade, but I you see the you, you, there's several close-ups when she's using the knife. That she puts it right there in her little apron. She just folds it up and she leaves it there. And it closes up right on there. And the whole movie, I'm just... Exactly. And the whole time, I'm just like, why are you showing me this? I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> and then there she is cutting those ropes off. And I do think... I was like, ma'am, you should have gone for the throat. But she did good. She did good. <laughs> and, then, and then because that that only builds up the the villain even more yeah 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 once once you yeah i mean when it when it happened i said to the person i was watching it with want to know how i got these scars (laughs) you know it's the easiest joke to make it's the easiest joke to make and um and it took that to finally get batman to smile and then um the scene where he is stitching it back together yeah man yeah dude i was watching it and i'm like oh man it's it's pretty intense it's It's pretty intense yeah i loved it though and then and then uh, and then the first fucking thing that he does so he patches it up he puts his stitches and then he fucking takes the shot and it just immediately starts bleeding again Uh and he's like oh fuck what a bad idea like what a terrible idea and then he pours up another shot. Because it's the only thing that fights the pain. Goodness, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Because, it again, that's you can't call him. He's not a weak-willed man. He, he might have the strongest will of anyone in the movie. Um, that does not justify anything. It just Because especially when we get – because I think we're getting close to the end here. Um, when we get to the f- – We were. We were. But, hey, man. I know we're saving the end for the Yeah, yeah. But when we get to, so the brother's born, um, and then Ophelia's last mission, last task from the fawn is to take the brother and bring him to the labyrinth. That's all she's told. That's it. Um, Anybody watching the movie, because I remember the first time I watched it, I was just like, I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't think about the blade or anything. I was just like, I don't, I haven't, you you just don't trust the fawn. to say is I thought the fawn was sketchy from the fucking get go. Exactly. Right. And I want to say, like you were saying, like he, he, exactly like, all of it. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whether she's comfortable with it or not, I was completely unsettled. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, so going off of what you just said, you know that first time she goes in the labyrinth, talks to him, and then he disappears into the shadows, and she's still down there. I would still be like terrified. Like, is he gonna jump out at me? Like, where is he? Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. Um, but <laughs> just right there. Oh man. Okay. So before we fully get to that final, ta- when she's given the final task, right. it's the only time you see the the fawn leave the labyrinth because he shows up in her room. Right. Um, and this could also be used as an example of it being in her mind because this is her mother. Her mother just died. Um. Mercedes told her she's leaving. Granted, Mercedes said she's going to come back, but she didn't give too much detail. You can't give that detail away. Exactly. But she did come back. (laughs) 
Oh, that makes it even sadder. Uh, we're gonna get to the end here in a minute. Um, pretty much, man. Um, but uh, and then she's laying there in bed. She has every reason to just be overwhelmed with this depression. Because all these horrible things are happening, right? And what what happens after the mom dies? You're stuck with the captain. That's your dad now. That's He has legal claim to you as the parent. Right. This is a horrible situation. She's laying there in a dark room, and what happens? It's the only time you see the fawn come out of the shadows. Could easily be her coping mechanism within her mind. Because the fawn, what does the fawn mean? The fawn means all that magic is real, and she still has a chance have a question and this is this is me not trying i'm not trying to poke holes or anything don't you do it throw it in when so she's taking a while to complete the second task i believe yes and does he not show up in her room and ask her hey what the fuck is taking so long when he gives her the man the mandrake root you're right you're right. Is it? I'm pretty sure. But, but I mean, to your point still, that's still, she's stressing the fuck out because yeah, that, her mom is very, very sick. And that's why she's not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shows up to be, so it's, it. I mean, if anything, that probably proves your point even more. Well, first of all, because uh, I was just using it as another example of, of why yeah, because I still think firmly Overall, this movie has equal sides saying it's real, equal sides it's not, which is arguably one of my favorite things about the movie. Because yeah. it just, I mean, that's a testament to Del Toro. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> there would be, I, even if I created something that was half of that, there would be something leaning one way or the other. Um, but, uh, so you're, that's, you're completely right. Throw what I just said out. Um, well, not completely, I guess, because you're right as well. It is also another example of right. things getting dire, and that's when the fawn shows up outside of the labyrinth. And it's coping. Exactly. Because what happens the first time he comes out of the labyrinth? He gives her the root, and that's to save the mom's life. Right. What happens the second time? Hey, you still have a chance to escape this and go to the moon and be the princess. Just bring your brother. And probably in her mind, she's like, I can bring my brother with me. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I mean, she tells him too, like, I'll make you a prince. Mm-hmm. You remember? Like, yeah, she's having a little conversation. That baby was her brother? I thought that was. <laughs> no, that was her uh, husband. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The, the moon hubby. The moon hubby. Oh. <laughs> I apologize. Um, <laughs> but, ah, oh, man. Um, I lost my train of thought, though. Not from just that, though. Okay, before we get, because we are pretty much getting to the the end of the movie, I have to highlight the soundtrack and score of this film is beautiful. Um, all day today, I listened to the score, and there's not a track I wanted to skip. Because you can listen to an orchestra score, and if it's not vibing with you, it's going to be boring. But it is beautiful. It is whimsical. You're there. And anything that has that melody that Mercedes sings, that that she hung, it's gorgeous. It transports you. What I really like about that song, too, is like, because what she asked her to sing her song, right? And then she's like, I know this one song, but I don't know the words. So she just hums it instead. And just the humming is is probably even it it just adds to it that there's it no words. Yeah, and it because in a weird way it just I mean it's it's just beautiful. 
it's just a beautiful moment and it's just a beautiful exchange and so here we are she's take <laughs> she's taken the baby she's gotten into the labyrinth she has her brother with her um the the fawn is right there and then she finds out what is supposed to happen they need the blood of an innocent to open up a portal right. to get them to the moon um, for her to reclaim, because all of this is on, on a timer before she loses the chance to be immortal and all that. So let me stop you right here real quick, because so my initial thought coming into this, right, the other day, <laughs> going into this scene, was that she was no longer innocent because, well, I thought the captain was poisoned. I thought he was going to, like, overdose and die. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, even, like, going into the scene. Right, yeah. I didn't realize until after this scene that that he wasn't going to die from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, like, I was like, oh, man. No, she knew. Well, she doesn't know the full effect. Well, she was trying to put his ass to sleep yes. to escape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was, I was like, nah, man, like, he's going to be poisoned. Like that whole scene, just them getting there, like the labyrinth scene when he she's running from him mm-hmm. in there, um, didn't play out the way that I thought it would, because the wall opens up, and gives her like a shortcut to the fawn, mm-hmm. and then he goes to like what is now a dead end, and because he's like right on her heels, he turns that corner and she's not there anymore. Because, I mean, the wall fucking opened up and closed or whatever. It's cheating. And then, so, um, I thought he was just going to be, like, lost in that shit. But then he shows up. Um, but before that, uh, and I'm sorry, you, you that's what uh, you were getting to was that the fawn wants to sacrifice the brother. Right? He does specifically say. He specifically says he just needs a few drops of blood. But at this yeah. point, you should know not to trust the fawn. And that is a big blade that's the half the size of a baby. Right. <laughs> um, oh, but now that I'm thinking about it, it only took a few drops of blood. Maybe. I mean, maybe he was sincere. Yeah. It's yeah. very... Well, so... when you, It's yeah. weird to judge... <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird for us to be judging if the fawn was trustworthy or not. Because we're also on the camp. I think we're both agreeing that we see it as she made him up well okay so here's the thing uh-huh. is if if she made him up uh-huh. right was was that her in the middle of the labyrinth thinking to herself if i kill this baby then this guy won't bother me anymore or this shit will be over or something like this you know what i mean and i'll get to just escape this situation is that her thinking that to herself maybe subconsciously um because i do because the immediate argument to that would be the fact that i mean she obviously doesn't do it right um and going off of the perspective that it's in her head um she oh well going off the perspective actually that it's real she's telling this other being no i'm not going to do this i refuse um yeah but if it's her telling herself well i mean it might even not be that extreme like she could just ditch the baby leave it for the papa and get out of there or something and she decides not to exactly um uh 
because I, I think this is literally one of those movies where there's multiple things you're going to find and you can talk about it till the end of time. Because uh, <laughs> that's a good point. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that's, that's, a, good, that's a good thing to bring up. That bring, that's a whole other level I didn't even think about. Um, Till right, right now, man. Um, and like the whole watch thing. I didn't think about that till I watched it last night. And this movie's been out since 2006. <laughs> um, but the big, so bef- they get, you can, it's ridiculous as you were saying that they show it in a trailer, that whole final scene. Well, not the final scene, the final fantastical scene where you see the king, the queen, the, the, the fawn comes out. It's this beautiful showing of her. And it's like a test. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, it, that this is where the perspectives diverge and it's, I want so badly because I want it to be a happy. I want that. That girl deserves happiness. You she have, wins through hell. You have to want that for her. Exactly. Exactly. Cause you're, you're, a diabolical. <laughs> you're the captain now. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Um, <laughs> but like, cause she, this whole movie, I don't think other than, when she first meets the captain, I thought it was a little funny that she tries to shake her with her left hand. But like, other than that, it's adorable. That's I no, it is, and it's that's the kind of thing that you like embrace, not exactly. the type wrong fucking hand, stupid. Exactly, like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So okay, like you were saying, you have to want it to be real for her. You have to because that is the only chance at a happy ending. Her mom died. She's stuck with this horrible captain who's not her actual father. Um, she's been through all these things, uh, with her mom dying, um, being stuck with this man who she's not only hated, but feared and with exactly as time's gone on just more so. Um, and then the one friend she'd made, I'd argue in Mercedes, she believes to be gone. She believes to have left. Um, and given everything that's happened before the Mercedes situation, I would totally understand her not thinking she's going to be back. Um, and again, that's storytelling that they don't say to you. That's just something you can devise. I mean, she was a little sketchy. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think at this point, Ophelia is probably realizing things just aren't going her way. Right. Go with what you think is the closest at a sure bet, which is the portal of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> It's the portal of the moon, baby. Um, but seriously, I want it to be so real because that's such a happy, beautiful ending for her. I mean, okay, so here's here's the thing that, that I get from it is, and I mean, it goes for the captain and the watch and it goes for, you know, her and this whole situation and whether or not it's a coping mechanism or if it's real or whatever it is, right? Is that, you know, and to an extent, at least, reality is like what you make it, mm-hmm. right? And if you have the kind of mind that can make something fantastical and make this terrible situation into at least something interesting. If not, if not like, you know, this beautiful thing for yourself. Cause I mean, to be a moon princess, but what a world, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would love to be a moon princess. 
and like um or a mars princess and so like i <laughs> but i mean it's 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 like seeing the world through those rose tinted glasses that that you choose to to just wear fucking 24/7 man because like the world can be such a fucking ugly place but like your perspective on it all can just completely switch stuff up for you. Now, unfortunately, in this story, it's just too fucking horrific. It really caught up with her. But I mean, if your last thoughts are that you're with your, you know, your mom and your, yeah, because that's her mom, right? Yeah, like your mom and the fawn that you imagined and like, you know, or or who is real and, um, you know, the king and the kingdom. Yeah, like every, you know, all that stuff that you ever wanted, which she also has a rose embroidered on her. Um, She took when her mom tells her to tell the uh, story to her brother and she tells the story about a rose that's covered uh, surrounded by thorns and nobody wants to go get it because it's poison blah 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 she has the rose imprinted on it there you go. yeah yeah so which kind of makes me feel like more that it's her imagination because <laughs> she's like combined the two stories but like yeah like in the end whether it is real whether it is fake like it's i i feel like the moral of the story is well i mean there's a couple of more to the story this one one is fucking question everything. <laughs> like, uh, authority, f- fuck authority and stuff. Like, I get a lot of that from this movie. Yeah. But the other thing that I got from it, like, mostly, is just, like, it's it's all about how you choose to see these things, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can, the ugliest fucking thing in the world, you can make beautiful for yourself if you try hard enough. You know? That is beautiful sentiment that I do not agree with. I'm just kidding. No, it's beautiful. It's great. Um, And I'm glad we took a little bit longer to go on to this because there's one last piece of what I would say is a bit of evidence that would also work on the side of it being fake. If you remember, in that final shot where you see her with the moon kingdom with her dad and her mom, her mom's holding her brother. She's holding a baby. The brother's alive with the dad, his dad. Yeah. And we'll get into that final shot here in just a moment. But a uh, little final shot. Um, <laughs> but th- that one, I think, is a pretty hard hitter at it being not, not real. And now I'm just getting more bummed out. <laughs> Again, I, but I still think, even though that's a pretty strong indicator... Yeah, you know? that's, I mean, that's, that's, and that's fair. Hey, it's, it's real for her, dude. Mm-hmm. And in the end, like, that's... Regardless of it being real or not, um, what we saw is what she believed she saw before right. she went. Right. Um, and, and what could, I mean, she made it amazing for herself. So for, I want to know, as a first-time viewer, were you shocked at him shooting her? Yeah. Yeah, I was too. Fuck yeah. Because he has the kid, it's... There's no reason he's for it. He's already won. Exactly. Yeah. But like he's the already same won. way that we think he's a bastard, she thinks that she's the little bastard. Yeah. 
Yeah, he can't stand her. He, tr- she tried to steal her his son. That's true. You know what I mean? That's like true. so, like I, I, I don't want to say I get where he's coming from. <laughs> I see his motive. Yeah. Yeah. You understand the motive right. uh, for what he was doing, and that's fair. Um, this is my. I don't know what time this is. I've seen it, but when that shot goes off, it catches me by surprise every time because it's so. It's so needless and not, not like to the story or anything. It's, it adds a lot that this happens to the ending. Um, it's just so sad because the, what is the last thing you can take from this girl? Her mother has been taken away. She, before that she lost her father. She had to move to a new home. She made a friend. Her friend is gone to her knowledge. Mercedes, um, just handed her brother away. And then you shoot her. Exactly. Her whole life changed. All of these things just won. And you know what? She, now that we're putting it like that, she rolled with the punches incredibly well. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And that's why you let your kids read fantasy. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we get to, because before they go back, the, the father, oh, the captain, sorry, she wouldn't want to say father. The captain and Ophelia run to the labyrinth, and that whole final situation takes place. <laughs> the rebels make a counterattack on the, um, the military encampment where this whole movie is pretty much taking place. Right. And pretty much just wipe the place. They fuck them up. They fuck them up hard. <laughs> and by the... And the it, it's such a good way of doing things because we see the explosions, but the camera and the viewer go with Ophelia, right? And then everything's already happened because this isn't a war movie. There's war that's taken place. That's There's a, battles. That's a backdrop. It's a backdrop, and it's a beautiful thought out backdrop. Oh, war's not beautiful, um, but it's a it's a wonderfully thought out backdrop, and it really adds a lot to the context of the story. And then. That shot, and it gives me chills when you see him walking out with his son, and you just see the group of um, rebel soldiers. This isn't Star Wars, uh, and he knows. He hands his son over, and my favorite part there is like, "Tell my son I died at." And what does Mercedes say? She says, "No." Exactly, and I think that says so much to his character. Um, to repeat what his father did, because what would you want your what would you what would you want to say to your son? Last words. Last words. I imagine I love you's in there somewhere. No. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> Just kidding. Something positive. Something reaffirming. Let him know that you care about him. Pass this on. And it's a time. It means nothing. And that haunted the captain. Right. That and honestly. There you go. Mercedes stopped the curse. They broke the cycle. They ex- broke the cycle. Right. And then not only that, I love, because it's so non-bloody, that shot just goes clear through his face. Yeah. And yeah. you just see right through. Yeah. yeah. And he's just, and he just goes straight down. And it is, it is wonderful. Yeah, great. And that is, and then of course we get the, the melody. Oh no, we don't. We get uh, that beautiful shot of the blood coming from, um, going down this time. Yes, the blood going off of Ophelia into the labyrinth, and it's this beautiful, like sweeping shot of like the moon's reflection in the in the water mixing with the blood in the labyrinth, 
And then it cuts to, we see the beautiful shot where she's with the moon kingdom and all this stuff. And then it keeps going back and forth between that. And then Mercedes holding her body, humming the lullaby and crying. I, um, so, I mean, it's not at all how I thought it was going (laughs) to, you don't don't see this ending. It's crazy that you don't see it coming though, considering the movie starts off with that shot. It's it's one of those like uh, so I can say it definitely it's happened a couple of times. There's two that I can think of specifically. Mm-hmm. It's this one and Fallen okay. uh, with Denzel Washington, oh, John okay. Goodman, mm-hmm. um, where the movie starts out. Sorry, spoiler alert for fa- <laughs> for Fallen. <laughs> Make sure you put that on the description, man. Um, is like they start off by showing you the last scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. The first scene of the movie is the last scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I feel like only a really, really, really good story can make you forget that you saw the end at the beginning. And, and I just completely did not Mm -hmm. see her even dying or anything like nothing like that, bro. And they fucking, it's the first thing you see in the movie. That's a beautiful story. That's a great story. A well-told story. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I got to ask. Got to ask. What were you going to say about Nightmare Alley? I forgot that was Del Toro. Yeah, it's a great movie. It was great. I loved it. Well, hold on. So Pan's Labyrinth is a great movie. Right. You think that's also a great movie? I think they're different. Yes, they are both different movies. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead because my original question was going to wind encapsulate this. Is Shape of Water still your favorite Del Toro movie? Um, after this conversation, uh, I will. We might need to have a conversation like this about Shape of Water. We might have to. If. So, I mean, I've only seen Shape of Water once. Um, now that, that's not, uh, me trying to discount it in any way though, because I don't, I don't want to like lightly say that that's my favorite Del Toro film. Like I, I just, I couldn't tell you it like scene for scene because I haven't seen it as recent as Pan's Labyrinth, but, um, I just remember like this general feeling of like happiness and awe throughout that movie. You know, oh, yeah, dude, yeah, like none, 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 none. <laughs> like, man, that's a way happier story, <laughs> but um, and so I would have to go back and, and see that one again to be able to, like, really compare them, and then, <laughs> but, I mean, this one is probably more thought-provoking, I would say, definitely, I, I feel more compelled by this story at the moment because um you know i mean like leading up to this i i sit and i think like okay what might we talk about oh i need to be sure to bring this one thing up and stuff like that but like i I didn't come here with any notes today like i just knew we were gonna talk about this shit it's just yeah like your notes are just like jotted down just like yeah talk about that one yeah like book 
Yeah, we didn't talk about the book at all. That I don't know how the fuck that shit fits in either. <laughs> well, <laughs> but because if it operates the way they say it does, then it means an actual book. But at the same time, she could be imagining what she sees on the. Or is it is the book even there? You know, yeah, she's just sitting there with no book. You know, I don't. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But um, but yeah, it's it's tough to say. Uh, I would have to watch it again, and and like. Just like we were saying with Prey and Predator, like it makes me want to go back and just watch like Del Toro films. That's you know crazy. what I mean? Like it, it really does. Exactly, but but I mean, this movie has to be. I have to watch it more. Like I, I don't even want to say again. Mm-hmm. Like again and again. Like I probably have to watch this movie because it's just wow. It's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Exactly. I do want the listeners to know, before we had this conversation, he was so sure Shape of Water was still his favorite, and now it seems like he's wavering. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. I'm messing with you. Uh, it's just Pan's Labyrinth is a better movie. Um, I need to rewatch Shape of Water as well. I was so happy. I mean, that's the one that won him an Oscar. Yeah. He won Best uh, best Picture, I'm pretty sure. Um, Deserved. Of course. Granted, this would have probably been up for international, but still. Um, in a world... Uh, no, that was years ago. Oscars haven't captured that lightning since. We're not going to go into that. What? In a world where you're actually able to see a movie like Shape of Water win an, win an award. Oh. That's amazing. Yeah. And you do get like an Oscar. I don't, it's, I don't think it's the next year. I don't, I don't remember specifically. But when Parasite won Best Picture... Right. That's definitely well earned. That's huge for the. But we're also in a world where like Bohemian Rhapsody is considered just the most amazing thing in the world, and I don't know your feelings on it. That's why I was originally trying to get off of this. No, 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 no. It was a cool movie. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it's one of those movies that when you see that much hype about it, it's like, does it need that much hype? It was like it was a cool movie that we all knew how it was going to go. Yep. It was a biopic, and it had a really great performance. Mm Hmm. Uh, nothing uh, against Rami Mal. I love yeah, Rami Malek. Uh, yeah, I don't think the movie itself should have been up for fucking everything. Um, best but, actor, but best like supporting actor, best movie. Best actor, absolutely. That's fine. Yeah, this these sorts of movies getting awards and stuff like that, like the ones that you mentioned, like Shape of Water, like um, Parasite, and just like really opening up foreign films that right. are different from the. Yeah, yeah. Like we're we're not seeing the same it's not gone with the wind getting that shit no, over and over and over again, right? Yeah, yeah. Like fucking um it's it's like it's opening up so much stuff and that's why I'm really hoping for like movie like some of these A twenty four movies and stuff like that to end up like just raking them in this year i hope it happens so bad i want everything everywhere all the time. i was gonna say it's all right it's that movie's doing wonders for a24 right now not that they needed it but they have it but i i feel like if that gets you know even a few but i i need that for best i do too i, I do too oh we're gonna have to have an oscar episode we're, yeah, do, we're getting too far off yeah. um real quick because i i feel like this is going to be much much less of a thought provoking part um pan's labyrinth as a game no um uh, so i was i'm gonna say mine first oh, just yeah, in case because yeah. i feel like it's a pretty straightforward yeah, one i think it'd make an excellent vr experience but oh, you oh, only oh, go oh, through oh. the fantastical parts you don't go through the war oh. it's a solid 10 hour game right there yeah. you have to go through a challenging thing with the frog get that 
Um, you have to go through the pale man's labyrinth. Well, not labyrinth. His isn't whatever. His room, his yeah, sanctuary. Yeah. Get that. Um, oh, I don't. You have to kidnap a baby. It's now rated M. Are you gonna sneak in and kidnap the baby? Yes. yes. I guess you're gonna. Oh, if you play as Ophelia, that's gonna hollow out the whole thing. Um, no, you know what? Different story. You're a different character. We don't know you. Um, the this is a world where the where it is is real, and the fun is giving you your own objectives. And the first two are the same, and the third one is to kidnap a baby because the objective is to spill the blood of an innocent to open up this portal. And do you know that you're supposed to say no, or do you say fuck it, kill the baby? <laughs> I'm gonna say it's gonna have an open end. It's it's gonna have two okay. different endings, okay. and then there you go. There's your content. All right. Um, so, I mean, I, the only reason I thought about this was because you asked about the last one <laughs> or else I never would have thought like, how can we turn pans into a game? Um, but, uh, so first thing I feel like it's difficult to do, um, because it is like set in the real world <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's said in like the real world ish you know and um and we already know the story yeah. so if they did do because the first thing that popped to mind was a like telltale type situation right like uh or like wolf among us yeah. fucking yeah, like you know any of those yeah uh that you Not make action. And you make uh, decisions in it, and you know one decision will lead them to find the fucking mandrake under the bed, while the other decision will leave the mandrake under there, and the mom lives, and fucking things like this, you know. And then decisions decide with either side with the fallen or side with your father. uh, Things like this, yeah. And then that would like alter the story and stuff like that. But the only thing wrong with that is that there would be, um, you know, you could typically. You could potentially just play out the movie. Yeah. You know, which which wouldn't necessarily be bad. I don't. I think with a movie like this, that would be a disservice. But uh, yeah, yeah, because there's gonna be things left out, you know, stuff like that, or they're gonna add things that they don't like. EA will fucking put in oh, micro okay. microtransactions or something. There's only one solution, and that is to get Del Toro to just make a game, no. like he was gonna do with Hideo Kojima. <laughs> We could make like a Pan's Labyrinth Battle Royal. And that is all we have for today. <laughs> and then have a battle pass in there. We could totally bank off it. The winner gets to keep their family. Yeah. <laughs> the winner gets to come to the food. Oh my god. That's great. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Are you sad? Yes, I'm sad. That's so sad. Inside Out's a great movie. Oh, man. Inside Out on the next episode. (laughs) Not before Parent Trap. We only talk about movies with P's. Oh, my. Oh, I was like, Inside Out doesn't start with the P, does it? Inside Out. Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah, in France, man. Um, The France. (laughs) With that, do you have any final thoughts on Pan's Labyrinth? Okay, so... Don't be that guy at the party. Don't be the motherfucker that hasn't seen Pan's Labyrinth. I mean... How did you watch it? 
I watched it on Vudu. Yeah, somebody had purchased it. Miranda had purchased I it. Because I was like, I couldn't find it on streaming. Like, yes, thank you so much, Miranda. And, um, I mean, it, it, you didn't see it streaming anyway? No. Okay, buy that shit, y'all. <laughs> because it's worth It's so worth it to have it. And then, like, I mean, just like we were saying, I'm so enticed to watch it again and again because... Oh, man, you saw a lot of things in there that I didn't see, and I want to see those things. And like, and what else is there that we're missing? And maybe there is solid evidence that this is real, and maybe this is just, oh, man. Either way, it's, it's, a, it, it's a tragedy. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. But if you haven't seen it, please see it. If you have seen it, probably watch it again because – you might find those things like, ah, oh, man, it's beautiful. My, my, ah, uh, I, I, I hurt for it. It made me hurt, but like at the same time, like it's like my heart feels full from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird, man. It's, it's like a weird feeling. And I feel like that's the type of shit that you're supposed to feel after a movie yeah. like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So see that shit. For sure. I completely know what you're talking about. There's a lot of characters that you want. Okay, there's actually only like two or three characters that you want to have a happy ending. Um, screw that whole army. <laughs> Not the rebel army, to be specific. Um, but uh, <laughs> but there's so much sadness in this movie. It feels weird to be like, this is a great movie. Like, I'm happy that I saw this. Yeah. You, you should go through this sadness. Yeah, yeah. so that's why... We're going to be talking about Grave of the Fireflies it's next week. Tragedy. No, I can't. <laughs> just kidding. I can only handle <laughs> Let's watch this again and then back it up with Grave uh, of the Fireflies. No. Um, I have to watch Grave of the Fireflies. I will say that will not hit you as much as Grave of the Fireflies, but it is very sad. Um, I love where the wild things are. Uh, but that about wraps us up here with our Prey and Pan's Labyrinth episode. We will be coming back as, with another episode this weekend. It'll be me, Ernest here again, our buddy Justin, and our friend Ashley. We're going to be getting together for a gaming episode, talking about our thoughts on the the latest indie hit Stray, as well as our favorite game of this year so far, and then our top three games from last year leading up till now. You can find me on Twitter at ADHD Crispy, spelled C-H-R-I-S-P-Y. Thank you for tuning in and have a good night.